Good morning, Encounter. How are you? It's good to be here today. In fact, at my age, it's good to be anywhere. <laughs> Praise God. It's really good to be here. I appreciate Philip and uh, Pastor Philip inviting me down and Kelly. And because, you know, I know this pulpit is precious. And I count it a privilege, even though I'm a family member, and I count it a privilege to be here today. You could have anybody here, but you got me. And uh, maybe I'm not what you prayed for, but I'm what God sent. And God knows what you need. Amen? Anybody here today, this is the first time you've been in service with me. Praise God. Look at it. Where you been? I've been coming here for years, but it's great to see you today. And the Bible says, let him that hath an ear to hear. That presupposes you can have an ear and not hear. How many have got kids and you tell them something and they don't hear? That's why I've got gray hair. But you can have an ear and not hear, but God wants to have an ear to hear. But not only an ear to hear, but a spirit to receive. Because you can have an ear to hear, but not receive it. Because you need faith to receive it. So the few thoughts I have this morning, simple thoughts that I believe God has given me for this church. And I want you to receive it. Have a, have a, a, a hearing ear and a receiving spirit. And we'll go out of this place saying, hey, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Now I'm looking for the clock. I'm looking for the clock, and I can't see it. So the, I'll be. I'll end up speaking for three hours. So where does the clock fell? Is it there somewhere? Is it counting down or is it going up? I can't see it. Oh, I'm serious. I can't see the clock. Is it there? Can you make it bigger for this old man, please? Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Louisiana, where it always rains. But thank God for the rain, because when I was a young man in church, an old guy, Louis Carno, I was complaining about the rain one day, and he said to me, Robert, remember, rain in the Old Testament was a blessing, and rain in the New Testament was a blessing. I never forgot that. That's probably 50 years ago, and rain is a blessing. If you don't believe me, go to Arizona when there's no rain sometimes, and it's dry and arid and barren, and, but rain's a blessing. Amen? Amen. Now, we'd like to hear a funny story. Thank you for that underwhelming response. I'll try it one more time. Would you like to hear a funny story? Good. Now, want, do you understand me all right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking my best kids and I can. This lady went to work every day and passed a pet shop. And one day during the summer, the owner of the pet shop, he put a parrot on a perch outside the shop. So the lady's walking by about six feet past, and all of a sudden the parrot goes, ugly, ugly, ugly. And the woman is startled, and this went on for about a week. So finally the woman goes into the store and said to the manager, hey, I'm sick of that bird. Every time I pass it, it says, ugly, 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 and I don't like it. He said, madam, that bird will not do it again. So she left. The next day she passes by, and she goes past a normal distance, and the parrot just looks. You know how the birds look? Never said a word. The second day, she goes in three feet, passes the bird, never says a word. The third day, she goes up to the bird and looks the bird right in the face. And the bird said, you know. (laughs) You know. Praise God. (laughs) 
It could have been a man, but I, put, I use that woman because they're more vain than men, and they like to be called beautiful, you know. So, before I forget, I have we have a brand new CD out in our church, all songs from the house, and it's great, a great CD. I've got only ten with me, so first come ten dollars each. They're somewhere in the in the in the connect zone. They're there. You can get them. Take me home with you, and uh, it'll be. I'll tell you now. You'll you'll be blessed. You'll be singing some of these songs in your worship service. Amen. I'm going to share a few thoughts today from Nehemiah, and uh, I'll just bounce my thoughts over these few verses. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring those stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? And if you want to title my message today is, it's called, Can God Use Burned Stones? Can God use burned stones? Now, the story behind this is the, city, the Chaldeans had come and destroyed the city of Jerusalem, but somehow Zerubbabel had come and re- rebuilt the temple, but he never rebuilt the walls, and the walls were in ruins, and how many know walls mean protection? And it's a good point to know that when you and I, we, when, when, when we're building a church, it's good to have the building built, but what we've got to have the protection round about the building, amen? And I believe it's spiritual protection and, and Holy Ghost protection. We need, we need the walls built to be safe as well. The infrastructure that makes it worthwhile, that makes it able for us to worship God the way we should and run the church in a, in, a, in a right way. Are you with me today? So the walls are broken down. And walls, once the once city of glory and beauty, the city of David, was now had become a, a city of shame, of ashes, of ridicule, and burned stones. Burned stones that had fallen out of the wall of their destiny. Those stones had a destiny. And I believe every one of us have a destiny today. Are you with me? And God wants you and I to be preparers, restorers of burned stones. Stones out of the destiny. It seemed like they would never be used again. But how many know today, things are not always as they seem. Never write anybody off. Never write anybody off. I remember many, many years ago, we were in church in Scotland, and this, this homeless guy came in one night at the conference, and, and, and he was just filthy, he was unkept, he, was, he's, he, he lived in the, in the ships in the, in the port, and, and uh, he came in, and halfway through the ceremony, he shouted out, well, can God help me? And our, you know, the first reaction is, sad to say, is normally, let's get them out of here for disturbance. Are you with me? But God's a great God. God is a gracious God. Are you with me today? And the preacher stopped preaching. He said, yes, he can help you. And took him down to the front and prayed for him. And the next day, that man came back to the church. People had gone out and, and, and got him washed and bathed and bought him a suit. Took him back to church. Nobody recognized him. The ne- Billy Campbell and he, Nobody recognized him the next day because he was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. A burned stone. Listen, he had a beautiful family. A beautiful family. His grandsons are worship leaders in churches today. He had a beautiful family that never, who had nothing to do with him. When they saw him coming out the street in our town, they would walk down the other street because he was just a burnstone. He was, he was a hobo. He was a bum. 
But God could take the useless things, what we think are useless, and he can restore us and plant us back in the house of God. Are you with me? Plant us back in our destiny so we can do what God wants us to do. And for years later, years, he only died two years ago. He served God. He was an elder of the church. A burned stone. Never give up on anybody. Some of you here today, you've probably got family members. You think they'll never get saved. Well, I'm here to tell you, never say never. I always tell people, you should say they'll, they're not saved yet. I think I've told you this story. I was talking to a lady years ago, maybe five or six years ago, and she was talking about her husband. And she says, you know, I just, I can't remember what she said, but it was like, he's not saved. The way she said it was like, giving up. And as she said it, the Holy Spirit just whispered to me. He does that now and again, thank God. And I had an ear to hear. Are you with me? How many of the Holy Spirit talks to you if you're willing to listen? Truth is, he talks to you even though you don't listen. When you listen, it, it, it makes a difference. The Holy Spirit said he's not saved yet. And for years, I've always told people when they say, well, my daughter's not saved. I said, they're not saved yet. I talked to someone today. I said, they're not saved. They're not saved yet. They're not in church. They're not in church yet. Are you with me? There are burnt stones out there, and they're not saved yet. But God is going to restore them. God is going to use you and I. If you want to build your church, build your people. I'm convinced today that you, every one of you know a burned stone within proximity of this building. And if you make it an effort and, 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 a, and a vision to go after that burned stone and believe God for them, we could double this place overnight. Are you with me today? Because God's interested in burned stones. Stones of promise. Stones of something big. We are, Ephesians said we are living stones built up a habitation of the Lord. But sometimes circumstances come and, you, and we, we get offended. Stones fell out of the wall because they got burned. Because when heat comes, everything expands and they just popped out. And sometimes that happens to us. We come under fire. Are you with me today? Anybody ever come under fire? If you haven't, keep breathing. You will. Especially when you're doing something for God, you will come under fire. So we come under fire, we get burned maybe or offended maybe, and then we drop out of the wall. We drop out of the building and we never see them again. And it's a, it's a work of the enemy to stop us fulfilling our destiny in God. People get offended. Listen, you don't understand this. The Bible says offenses will come. Say it with me. Offenses will come. Not and, if, or buts. It will, they will come. So it's pretty black and white. It's not a gray area. The Bible says offenses will come. It might come from someone in the congregation. It might come from some of the elders. It might come from the pastor. It'll come somehow, whether intentionally or unintentionally, offenses will come. But you and I have got to learn how to handle offenses. Are you with me? How to handle this situation so we stand and having, all, having done all, stand. We just recently had a young lady in our church, and she's one of our venues, and she thought she was going to be the, the worship leader. Well, it happened, it happened she didn't become the worship leader. Someone else did. And she got all burned and out of shape and left the church. And we haven't seen him again because she never got what she wanted. She got offended. Margaret and I, my wife Margaret, I don't think she's ever been here. Is she Margaret? She doesn't like the rain. That's a joke. Margaret and I have been married for 42 years. Same woman. And... How many times do you think Margaret has offended me? 
Now, all you ladies are laughing because I said Margaret first. But hang on, I'll get back on the other side. How many times do you think Margaret's offended me in 42 years? Thousands of times. How many times do you think I've offended Margaret? Ten thousands of times. I mean, we've had some good drag outs, you know. And, but in my house, we are not allowed to huff. We're not allowed, you use the word sulk down here, sulk. Like when you can go in a funny mood for three days. We don't allow that. I don't allow that in my house. We hit the roof and we come back down again and then we're fine. This is true. I don't believe any, in all my 42 years of marriage, I've gone to bed without seeing my wife, tell my wife I love her. Because the Bible says, don't let the, don't let the sun go down in your wrath. But we've offended each other many, many times, but we've never left the marriage. I can't understand people. They get a little bit offended in church. They get burned. And the next thing, they're, they're out the door. Come on, let's be big boys. Let's put on our big pants, our adult pants, and say, come on, offenses will come, but, but we have a purpose. You see, the enemy will cause an offense because to stop you from your destiny, to stop you from your purpose. And we have a purpose to see stones restored. Are you with me today? They that are planted, Psalm 92, they that are planted in the house of the Lord... They will flourish. They that are planted. Not the visitors. The, 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 the hop, skip, and jump people. Just come into one church, then go to another church. No, they that are planted. If you're in this house, get in the house. Amen? Take ownership. Be part of it. Do, get, under, get behind your pastors and say, yep, this is where God wants me to And do your best. Are you with me? Because stones, those stones were just thrown out of their desk. A pile of rubble. But every believer, every one of us are called to restore burned stones. Galatians 6 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may be also tempted. God wants us to be restorers of the burned stones. And God found a man, Nehemiah, that would do something about it. God spoke to Nehemiah in a different nation. He spoke to Nehemiah. He was faithful. If you study Nehemiah, he was faithful. And there's something to be said about being faithful. When the doors are open, you're here. Are you with me? When you've got to be in the coffee shop early, you're there. When you're doing kids' church, you're there. Are you with me today? I, can't, I need to get some response. Say like something like, I feel you. Yeah, we're down south here. Come on, I feel you. Do something so you'll get the best out of me. Amen. Faithful. Faithful to the vision. Faithful to the cause. Faithful to what God has called you to be in this church. Faithful to your pastors. Are you with me? Thank you. I feel, I feel it. Loyal. He was loyal. Nehemiah was loyal. Loyal to, loyal to Artaxerxes. He was a cupbearer, right? And he was integritous. He had integrity. Be, in, be, be a person of integrity. Let your word be your bond. When you say something, do it. Don't just say to people, ah, we'll have to meet for a coffee sometime, and it just floats in the sky there, and you never meet for coffee. Are you with me? If you make an, be intentional in what you want to do. I, we're going to, I'm going to meet you for coffee, and I'm going to set the date. What I do is I'll, I, I thank God for iPhones, amen? So I'll talk to somebody in the lobby, because I have a good memory, but short. 
I mean, if you tell me something in confidence, it's great after two days because I can't remember what you told me. So it's, it, it goes to the grave with me. You know what I'm saying? So I have this uh, iPhone. And when somebody says, I'll be talking to somebody in the lobby, I say, hey, let's have breakfast this week. How many know breakfast is the will of God? How many know coffee is the will of God? I'll tell you why. He wrote a whole book called Hebrews. So he loves coffee. That's terrible. I know. But if I, if I make, a, if I make a, a breakfast appointment, I'll take my phone right there and put it in my calendar. So I've got it there so I won't forget. So be intentional. Meet somebody for coffee you've never met before. Better still, meet them for breakfast. And enjoy your breakfast and build those relationships. Because we're one big family. Pastor Philip already said it. We're a big family here. And we're, we've got a purpose. And the purpose is to develop and to restore burned stones. Are you with me? And Nehemiah couldn't shake off the call. He got a, a burden. And that's how you know when it's God. When God gives a burden to you, you know how it's God because you'll never get rid of it. You'll, it'll, you, may, you may not think about it for three days, but after three days it comes back up again. I want you to go back there and rebuild those walls. And if you understand Nehemiah, you know, he, 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 had, he had to make a decision and take a risk to ask the king for time off. If you're going to be a restorer, if you're going to restore burn stones, you've got to take a risk. Sometimes you'll work on a burn stone and maybe it won't work out right. But don't give up if one doesn't work because the next one might maybe will. You understand? So don't blame yourself and don't give up. Say, I tried it with them. I put time into that person and it's never worked. That's okay. Salesmen will tell you. You'll call 10 times and one out of 10 will say yes. So what's wrong with us? Why can't we be the same thing? Don't give up, you see. Don't give up in short. Just say, yep, that didn't work. Maybe let's do it. We'll try it again. So he had to take a risk. See, you'll never get to third base if you keep your foot in first base. You got to take a risk. When the balls are flying all over the, the game, you got to take a risk and run to the next base. Are you with me? So understand that God wants us to take that risk. Nehemiah took the risk and he asked the king. He couldn't shake it off. He asked the king. Expect resistance when you are a stone restorer. Respect resistance. Expect resistance. When you're doing what God has called you to do, and your heart is to restore people, you will get resistance from the enemy. It'll come out the most unusual places. You know, I remember years ago, I was in Toronto, and I was walking through a marketplace in Toronto, my dad and I, as a matter of fact. And we're in, it's like two buildings. And in between the two buildings, this couple passed. And I'll never forget, this lady looked at me and said, you and your Jesus. Never knew me from Adam. But it was a spirit, that, that resistance. She was resisting the power of the Holy Spirit that we carry. Are you with me? You and your Jesus. The respect, resistance. People will laugh at you. People won't understand you. Well, I, I, I'm an associate pastor in a large megachurch, as you would call it, megachurch. We've had venues. We've had about four or five, 6,000 people. And I had a friend of mine I used to watch on Facebook. I, used to, I still do. She's on Facebook. And an old, old friend, I mean, she's probably 80 years old. If she heard me say that, she'd kill me. But just about six months ago, she, she went on Facebook and said, I don't like megachurches. Now, let me tell you something about Facebook. It's not for that kind of thing. Facebook is for family and friends and excitement and, in my case, showing off my grandbaby. If you follow me on Facebook, I have a grandbaby called Bella. She's two years old in July. She lives in Scotland. She's born in Scotland. And 
you'll get three, three out of the four pictures you'll get from me is about Bella. Bella means beautiful, doesn't it? Bella. So uh, she wrote, she, and she said, I don't like mega churches. And resistance. People don't like big things because they think they can't handle it. But God, God's a big God. God thinks big. He thinks worldwide, God does. He thinks, he thinks worldwide. So I messenger her privately and I said, listen, uh, you've never been in a mega church, I presume. You've never been because you never talk about a church you've never been. So if you'd been in it. So I'll tell you some of the big church. We have a mega church. But we can send a million dollars every year to missions that a little church couldn't. And some other things I told her about. And then she wrote about it and said, you know, I got it. But you got that resistance to the move of God. Because the Bible said God added to the church daily such as should be saved. So we get that resistance. When we want to do something for God, there's always, you've got to, end, you've got to fight that resistance. The Bible says that Sanballat ridiculed them and tried to discourage the Jews in front of his friends. Discouragement. Listen to this. Discouragement is like a plague. It can be spread by casual contact. Did God say? Genesis, the serpent. He didn't didn't say God said. It was casual. Did did God say? And that's how the enemy will come sometimes. You think, will they build? Will they restore? Can they put these stones back to life? And the enemy will try and discourage us. I love Nehemiah because the Bible says he was into the king's. He was a king's cupbearer. And for those that don't know, the cupbearer was the guy that tasted the wine before the king drank it. Because if it was poisoned, he got killed and not the king. And if you, know, if you read the story, the Bible says that Nehemiah was always happy in the king's presence. Wouldn't you be if you'd supped the wine you were still living? <laughs> He'd already supped the wine and he was in the king's presence handing over his wine. He's still alive. And you think, yeah, nothing wrong with this. It's a good day to be alive. But one day... He had a burden. And the king said, your face is downcast. Because when you get a burden, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a heavy thing, but it's something you can't get rid of. People can tell. that we're pray- There's times to pray through. There's times to have fun, right? There's times to have a laugh. And there's times to have party time. And I'm all for that. And, that's, and as you can tell, I like a good, when I'm preaching, I like a little bit of humor in it. But there's times when you've got a burden, when it's heavy. And you're praying, and you're deep. And Jesus was uh, that in Gethsemane. He was, he was praying in, in, in depth. And, and, and the king noticed it. And then he, asked, he took a risk and asked the king, well, I need to go back. Sometimes when you've got a burden, you can't get rid of it. It may not show up for three days, but fourth day up it comes again. Talk to that person. Minister to that person. See that person you haven't seen for years, give them a call. And you can't get rid of it. See, actually, you know, it's God because ourselves, we're selfish. I mean, the, our natural mind is selfish. Me, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. But the truth is the God person in us says, speak to that person. Call that person. Maybe you haven't called them for months. Make it a, let's surprise them. Are you with me today? Can you feel me today? Yeah. Enemy use discouragement. Enemy will use words. And words can stop us fulfilling our destiny and restoring burned stones. We used to say a a little rhyme when we were younger. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Baloney. Words will hurt you. 
people have been talked down all their life. You'll never amount to this. You'll never do this. Who do you think you are? And, who, and I know that because I remember when I started writing songs, there was another songwriter in the church, and he was the big songwriter, and I was nobody. And they would always say, what kind of song is that? Until one day they made an album, and, and I became a big songwriter. So, but, so I know what it is to feel that tension, you know, that names will never hurt you. Names will hurt you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't care what people have called you, but you're a powerful prince. You're a powerful princess in the kingdom of God. Are you with me today? We're maybe not what we should be, but we ain't what we used to be. And we're in a process. We're on a journey, and, we're, and God's got us on the bus. Some of us in the back of the bus, some in the front of the bus, some in the middle of the bus, but we're all in the bus heading to our destiny. Are you with me today? Can you feel me today? So you've got to understand, don't let people talk you with... Stop you with words. What are those feeble Jews doing? Notice how we talk down to the feeble Jews. What are those feeble Jews doing? That's words for you. That's a suggestion, isn't it? Feeble. Trying to discredit the workers. Will they restore the walls? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? The truth is, we're not here for a day. We're here for the long haul. We've been here and we've been here and count well encounter in hearts. We've been here for a long time, and we're not going anywhere. We're digging down. The foundations are getting deeper. The walls are getting wider, and, and the church is getting bigger. Are you with me? Because we're not here for. I remember when. Yes, yes, you can clap at that. I remember when our pastor came 20 years ago, and we had a church of about 300 people, and maybe he was there about six months, and we were out playing golf one Monday as we normally do. Mondays are day off, and and. Uh, like six people gave their lives to Jesus that night. And I'm saying to Steve, I said, oh, yeah, just only six people got saved last night. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and said, hey, Bobby, because that's my name. He said, we're not here for it last night. We're here for the long haul. And we've had thousands and thousands of people saved because we're here for the long haul. Are you with me? So the people say, well, you're only a, you're only a flash in a pan or you're only a fly by night. No, no, we're here for the long haul. Will they build in a day? We're not here for a day. We're here for the long haul. Are you with me? Can they bring those stones back to life, burned as they are? He'll use words. He'll use insults. Even a fox can knock that wall down. The wall wasn't even built yet, and they were trying to discourage them. Even a fox will knock it down. That church has gone through several pastors. It'll never amount to anything. Have you ever heard it? Pastors fall all the time. They're human like everybody else. And, but someone else, God brings someone else along to raise up a standard and, 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 and do great things for God. Never, don't, don't be discouraged by insults. The truth is, fires happen. Not all fires are negative. Sometimes some fires are lit by God. Are you with me? He puts us through the furnace because he wants to purify us. Now, he knows, this is the good thing about God, he knows that you won't stick in the furnace. He knows that you won't be burned in the furnace. But how many of we've been through, most of us, if you're going to be used by God, all of us, if you're going to be used by God, you'll be put through the furnace of affliction with one thing or another. Are you with me? But don't give up. He's still in charge of the furnace. Are you, are you with me? The Bible says, when I, when I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. I felt the heat. When I walk through the valley, I will, when I walk through the waters, I will not drown. But I felt something as I've been up to here. Are you with me? Do you feel me this morning? But God said, I'll bring you through. But he will put you through. God lights fires to get us to where he wants us to be. Some are led by friends. Trying to help us. Some, a good friend. The Bible says a friend 
loves at all times. And sometimes friends tell us something we don't like to hear. But it's for our good because no, there's sometimes friends will tell you something that's not for your good. But a lot of times friends will talk to you and say, hey, you need, you need to hear this. And they'll light a fire in our lives. Are you with me? So don't feel bad when people light a fire. When you walk away from that person, your friend, and say, who do they think they are? Just think about what they're telling you. It's to encourage you. It's to make you stronger. It's to make you better. Are you with me today? Are you feeling me today? Some are lit by God, some are lit by friends, and some are lit by the enemy of our souls. We've got to know the difference. A fiery experience bring us, will bring us to growth in our walk. Farmers put their fields in the fire to help the next year, to help the ground grow better. Gold is purified in the fire. Gypsies. Years and years ago, the gypsies had mules. and How many had an expression as stubborn as a mule? And sometimes these mules would just sit down. And you could beat a mule with a stick. You could, you could do everything. And that mule won't, won't move. But the gypsies would go into the forest, take some dry leaves, and spray it around the rear end of the mule, and put it on a fire. And I'll guarantee you that mule got up and went trotting down the road, praising the Lord. <laughs> so sometimes God will put a fire under us. Because he doesn't want to beat us with a stick. But he wants to get us moving. Are you with me? He doesn't want us stagnant. He doesn't want us same old, same old. He'll light a fire to help us get to the next level. Things that can burn us. Tension and conflict. Get, can make us burn stones. Tension. But you know how many of tension and conflict is a part of life? If, you're not, if you haven't tension in your life, you're not living a good life. Because if you live in a life with vision and a life with purpose, you're going to have tension. I remember I a story from Uncle Simon many, many years ago with a little boy with a kite. And he's holding the kite, and the kite's flying high in the air, and the little boy's holding that string. And, and uh, the kite's thinking to himself, man, if that little boy would just let me go, I could fly higher than I've ever flown before. But the truth is, if, you, if that little boy let the rope go, the, the kite would fall down. Because it's the tension between the little boy and the rope and the kite that keeps the kite up. Are you with me? So sometimes when you're going through it, don't think, oh, if only. No, remember, you're going through it. Are you with me? You're going through it to be a blessing. We need, we'll, we'll always have tension. You'll have tension in the world. You'll have tension in your health. You'll have tension with your family. That's part of life. We've got to get the other side of it. Are you with me? Painful experiences in relationships. They're all fire. They're all stuff that burns us. But God is able. Are you with me? Broken promises and dreams. We dream. And sometimes we never think it's going to come to pass. But never give up. Because a dream can take a long time to come to pass. Joseph was 14 years. By the time he got the dream, to the time he became Pharaoh's second right-hand man. And through a whole lot of stuff, Joseph did. Until he got his dream fulfilled. But his dream, you know why his dream was fulfilled? Because God gave it to him. If God gives you a dream, honey, let me tell you. It doesn't matter whether you go through hell or high water. That dream will come to pass. If God gave you the dream. Now, you've, I've told you this before. There are supernatural dreams and there are supernatural dreams. There are dreams that God gives you. But there are dreams that pizza gives you. If you give me pizza at night and cheese at night, I'll guarantee you I will talk him asleep. I'll dream up a storm. But I'm talking about supernatural dreams. When God says to you, that husband is going to be saved. That father is going to be saved. Can you feel me? I, I'm not getting any response from you. Can you feel me today? 
that, that sister's going to be saved. That daughter's going to be saved. That, that, that son's going to be saved. That grandchildren are going to be saved. I'm a grandfather now. I love grandchildren. It's the, great, the great thing with grandchildren is this. I'm glad I never killed my kids. <laughs> or I wouldn't have any grandchildren. Are you with me? Do you, do you feel me? And you can always put them back to their mother when you're finished with them. After you've spoiled them. I heard my pastor say, he's, Stevie's got grandchildren now. And, he, and his first grandson, Jack, he was a year old and celebrating. His daughter said to Steve, this will be the first time Jack's had ice cream. And Steve looked at it and said, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He's had ice cream many times. <laughs> that's how God, that's what I love with grandchildren. Are you with me? So God wants us to you know, understand that God wants to use us. Never, God never abandons burned stones. He always pursues them and restores them. Are you with me? Never give up. Never give up. Listen, when you're going through trials, and, and don't waste your pain. Get purpose from it. Are you with me? Don't waste your pain. Get purpose from it. Number two, don't you're, turn your test into your testimony. Number three, don't just go through it. But grow through it. When you're going through it, grow at the same time. Learn something. Or you'll do the same thing again. I remember years ago, I had a friend in Glasgow, Robert Chalk. Alan and I don't know them. And he used to work at night in the steel mill. And he lived in a high-rise building. And he used to go out the back door. And he's one cold, wet night. He's running out the back door to go to work. And he trips up a brick. And he fell over. And it's wet. And he mumbled. And off he went to work. The next night, it's still raining. That's how it does in Scotland. It rains for days and time. He's going out again. He trips up the same brick. Because he never removed the brick. He never learned through it. Are you with me? So when you go through it, grow through it. Are you with me? Make your mess your message. Fulfill your destiny. Help others fulfill their destiny. You can talk yourself out of destiny. Or you can talk yourself into your destiny. Are you with me? Your present situation is not your final destination. Never mind where you are. The devil tried to stop you where you are because he knows where you're going. Your present situation is not your final destination. James Cash was a young man, a businessman, and he was walking up the hall of a mental institution. He lost his business, was walking up in this hall with a mental institution at a never's breakdown. And he heard a couple, old couple, having a chapel service, and they were singing an old hymn called, God will take care of you. In every way, through every day. It's an old hymn. You young people won't remember that. And as he walked up the halls of that mental institute, the Holy Spirit touched him. A burned stone. The Holy Spirit touched him and healed him. He got out of that mental institution and he started building a company called J.C. Penny. James Cash Penny. Was in a mental home. And the Holy Spirit touched them through an old couple that didn't lie. Probably never realized till years later who they touched. You never know who you're touching. You never know who you're touching. You see, without battles, we wouldn't have any victories. They wouldn't have any victories. If you've got a setback, take a step back and then make a comeback. Just never give up. Never give up. Burn stones. He positioned them. Never let the size of your giant determine the size of your God. Burn stones. What can they do with these burn stones? I'll tell you what God can do with these burn stones. The Bible says they took them 
and they cleaned them. And they put them back in the wall in their place of destiny. And let me tell you something. That walls, had, that walls of the city had laid for 18 years in rubble. But somebody got a vision. Somebody got a burden. From a different nation, away and far, far away in the nation, God gave this Nehemiah a, a, a vision and a burden to go back and rebuild the walls. And the Bible says they rebuilt the walls in 52 days, less than two months, because somebody got the vision. Listen, there are burnt stones in Baton Rouge that you know that have been out there for years, and yet God is looking for someone. God is looking for somebody to say, who will go? Who will go? Have you received the word this morning? Can God use burned stones? Yes, he can. He's used us. He's changed us. He's transformed us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You may be here today, and maybe it's the first time you've been in church. Maybe you've come to church, but you've never made a decision to accept Jesus in your life. And you're going to say, Robert, I want to take Jesus into my life. Maybe you're here today, and perhaps... You have made a decision at one time, but somehow you become a burned stone. You've lost your, you've fallen out of your destiny. You've got caught up with things. You've been burned. You've been offended. And you're going to say, Robert, I want to get back to my first love. I want to get back to letting Jesus be control of my life. If you're in any one of these two categories, slip your hand up right now. I'm going to pray for you. Who will be the first one? Yes, amen, amen. That's two. Who will be number three? Slip that hand up. You, you can put your hands down now. I see them. How many? Anybody else? There, there's more here. I can feel it. There are people who need to have their hands up and just get back to where God wants you to be. Listen, let, let's repeat this after me. Lord, Everybody, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. There's room in my heart for you. Take away my sin. And help me from this day forward to live for you. Cover me with your precious blood. And help me to be what you want me to be. A restorer of burned stones. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you.